Welcome back to Those Happy Places, the podcast that treats theme parks, rides, and attractions like literature. I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. And Alice, guess what? (laughs) What? (laughs) We are back after probably... You know what? When I look back at it, yeah, I think this has been our longest hiatus ever. And it was definitely not our plan to be on such a long hiatus. No, absolutely not. We never plan to go on hiatus. Actually, we uh, our initial plan from the beginning was to always be releasing episodes every two weeks without fail. Um, yeah. And that uh, failed, <laughs> and, unfortunately. You know, I, I think part of what folks value about our podcast is that we are candid about this stuff and that we are human about this stuff and maybe that makes us sound a little bit less professional but like at the end of the day look Alice you and I are hobbyists at this this is something we do because it's fun we like it we like talking to each other we like thinking about theme parks and sometimes you know life and the rest of the pressures of our current world here in the year 2022 uh you know they take precedence over our podcast which despite it being something we love and love doing uh we can't always make time for and i'm sorry about that you know i'm sorry for you and for me both about that i'm yeah i'm i am also i'm really sorry to everybody listening thank you so much uh for tuning in um, we've missed you a lot. We really, really miss doing this podcast. It uh, just this <laughs> year has been difficult for everyone. And uh, we hope that you are still here to listen and uh, and play along with us as we talk about the things that bring us joy in life. The theme yeah. parks and the conversation around theme parks. It's something that's really important to us. And so as we launch into this kind of um, new season, I suppose, of those happy places. We are um, we are moving into a new um, like era of conversation for us. We've spent a lot of time talking about individual rides. We've spent time talking about lands. We've talked about types of rides. We've even talked about individual parks. Um, but the conversation we want to start having with our with you, our listeners, and with each other, we want to talk about some bigger, maybe more abstract concepts around theme parks. Yeah, uh, season three of Those Happy Places, as we are lovingly referring to it at this point, uh, (laughs) is going to be focused on a whole bunch of new interesting topics, some more generalities, some more branching out, and of course, some classic style episodes that I'm sure everybody's looking forward to. as well as uh, a new focus on miniseries. Uh, stay tuned this summer, summer of 2022, for the Summer School series, where we kind of break down what theme parks even are and go kind of back to the beginning of theme parks as a, a genre of entertainment. I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this uh, this period of time for us where we're, we're going to we're going to focus on making this podcast, but we're also going to spend time uh, focusing on making sure that it's sustainable for us. So we have uh, seasons planned. We have mini series planned. We have everything mapped out for us for the next few months where we get to make the things that we love, but also make sure that we take some time to uh, spend time editing and spend time thinking and planning 
so that we don't burn out. So if uh, we'll, we have a schedule posted up on our Twitter and on our Discord of when our next few episodes are going to be coming out. Um, more of a season structure than an open-ended post willy-nilly when we can <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so we can go over that maybe more in detail at the end of this episode. Uh, but yes, keep an eye out for us uh, in more of a, a regular posting schedule, but also with planned hiatuses um, so that we can make sure that the content that we put out is best for you, the listener. Yeah, and and best for us, because Alice, I missed this. I missed this conversation right here. And you know what else I missed? What did you miss? I missed theme parks. Oh, man. Have I I missed theme parks? (laughs) I didn't go to theme parks for reasons that should be obvious for three years. Um, Last time I went to Disneyland was 2019. And I put off a trip in early 2020 thinking, ah, we'll just kind of go in the middle of the year. That part did not work out. Um, And so I am happy to report that I have been back to a theme park as of the recording of this episode. In fact, it was the the Disneyland Resort. Oh, good. The OG, the classic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Alice, you've been to a theme park uh, a couple of times since this all started. Yeah, since we, uh, I believe since we last recorded or the last, since the last time we laid down uh, a regular episode, um, I have been, I have returned to both Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure, and I made a brief appearance at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am, I am very lucky um, with my job, with my career that I get to travel fairly often. Um, and that I find myself with weekends off occasionally. So I, uh, I have found myself lucky enough to be able to attend, uh, theme parks a few times in the last year, um, safely as, or as safe as we, as we can be, um, and have really, um, I really missed it. I missed it a lot. We were gone for, for so long and it was really nice to return back to like a land of magic. Yeah. Uh, a land, a land of happiness, right? Like a, a place where you go to be entertained and to walk and eat food and see people and do cool, interesting things. And last time I was at Disneyland, uh, Avengers Campus wasn't even a twinkle in the eye of an Imagineer. <laughs> well, actually, I think they had actually started construction at that point. But, you know, like Avengers Campus has opened. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has opened. I have been to them. I have had the blue and the green milk. I have had the <laughs> Ronto wrap. I have had two drinks at Oga's Cantina, no more, no less. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I have also risen with the resistance and I have piloted the, the Millennium Falcon. I have I have sent us to hyperspace. I've done it all and I, I have changed for it. And the game has changed too. I feel like I'm catching up on three years of theme park like development of what everybody has been talking about all this time it's here now and it's real and i've i've experienced it and even though i wasn't like completely spoiler free before this trip being there and doing it is so significant and i think that's part of what's so magical about theme parks right it's like you can't just watch a video you can't just read somebody's account you can't just look at photos because theme park rides and attractions are lived experiences in a way that a video simply is not. Um, and so it's just it's just really cool to have experienced the sights and the sounds and the tastes and the smells 
and <laughs> the sensations of these brand new themed spaces. Um, it, it, it's honestly kind of kind of mind-boggling that there's so much new that has been added to the Disneyland Resort specifically. Yeah, um, and not just new like rides and attractions, but new ways of um, getting to them and experiencing them. Um, which is uh, my segue to talking to, to <laughs> we're going to branch into the actual topic of conversation today um, is that we're going to talk about um, theme parks in reference to uh, plans, reservations and how they affect the theme park experience. Because Something else that's new with Disney since the last time you were there um, is the new um genie plus uh the new version of the of the fast pass <laughs> um and the uh yeah new virtual queue systems that have been put in place since uh since the last time you were able to visit and so we'll talk mostly this will be mostly about disneyland um we are also going to i think by the end mention uh how universal studios six flags magic mountain and knott's berry farm all uh, also handle similar problems, um, but since we are most uh, recently and most uh, you know most experienced with Disneyland California, um, we're going to be talking about about that. This is an, a new. Uh, we're going to approach this from a, a new perspective of how you not just the new stuff that's in the parks, but the new ways in which uh, Disneyland is helping people or maybe hindering them of planning and experiencing the theme parks. Yeah. I mean, if theme parks are literature, right? And if your day or days at a theme park are a story that you are living and experiencing, then these reservation systems are kind of the medium in which you are able to influence the writing. Um yeah. They're they're kind of like your 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 word processor if you were writing a novel, right? I was like, going I was going to suggest maybe like the table of contents almost. Oh, this that's is interesting. Like, this is how like if you've made a plan or you have reservations or you have some you know like a time frame, um, your day is kind of laid out in bullet points for you or in like a numbered list for you already, um, or you you are constructing your table of contents for the story that you were about to tell and be told wow that's really good because that that leaves you the room to like fill in the the details with the telling that's that's very cool i love that metaphor thank you alice oh uh, sure <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm, I'm i'm here in my recording studio um which is extremely professional and uh <laughs> not at all just a room in my home uh <laughs> and uh i'm looking around and actually pinned to my wall right now is an ancient artifact from a previous era. Uh, it is a fast pass. Ooh, the um, fast pass. For Star Tours, the adventures continue, uh, dated from early uh, 2019. Uh, so it is from my last trip, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what, what an amazing relic of a bygone era, right? <laughs> like, a paper fast pass feels like such an old thing. Right. Um, it feels archaic almost because we've got this app with this add-on and it's paid <laughs> and it's 
automatic almost and it's giving you tips and it's like feeding you through this system and that's well, just genie plus before we get ahead of ourselves <laughs> um what was the old fast pass system at disneyland all right all right all right now let me reach back into the recesses of my memory here uh enter the mind palace as it were <laughs> um and and just try to remember okay so uh the fast pass system was introduced in the early aughts uh, at the Disneyland Resort. It was a kind of reservation system that allowed you to insert your ticket into machines that were outside of certain attractions at Disneyland and California Adventure that would return a ticket. That ticket would have a return time on it. So it was kind of a virtual queue, right? You were saying, I will return to this ride or attraction at this time. Uh, you had a, a an hour-long window to do that. Uh, once you used it up or your window began, you could make another reservation at another attraction. You had to physically go to the attraction, you had to physically insert your ticket into the kiosk, and you had to physically hold on to the paper fast pass in order to redeem it. Uh, it started out on only a few attractions at the Disneyland Resort, but by the time it was done, it was actually offered on more attractions than are currently offered through Genie Plus Lightning Lane. Uh, there used to be more Fast Passes available than there are right now. Uh, yes, that's almost every single attraction at Disneyland and California Adventure eventually had a Fast Pass uh, kiosk outside. And, and the... The more popular rides had many. Sometimes you would wait in a little line to then go up to the kiosk to insert your ticket. When do we um, get to the ride? <laughs> this then, is yeah, the ride. This is the ride. <laughs> we are wa waiting in line to put our ticket into this little machine and press a cute little button and it would spit out a ticket. And if you and if it wasn't time to get a new one, it would spit out a like an error message on the <laughs> ticket and that would say, come back later. Um and then, yeah, and then you had to put that in your pocket and keep track of it, make sure it didn't get wet on Splash Mountain, and, <laughs> um, and then hand it over to get into the ride. And, and honest, to look back on it, like what, like it, it was a very simple system. Um, it did seem to shorten wait times um, for for people. It was pretty equitable. Anybody could get one. Uh, all you needed was your ticket that you already had to get in or your annual pass card also worked in the same kiosk um you just put it in and got a ticket and every, it seemed like everybody was was treated fairly equally whether or not it actually shortened wait times in general seems to be um up for debate uh there's many works on youtube about this um specifically we we, we can mention this right up front uh defunct land uh, our friend Kevin Perger, who was uh, a guest on this podcast once, um, uh, put out a an excellent video breaking down the uh, FastPass system. Um, and so, you, uh, if you want more information about FastPasses and how that works, like logistically with like numbers and everything, you definitely go watch that video. We're just going to kind of talk about like the concept and how it's evolved. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't recommend the uh, Fast Pass documentary by Defunct Land uh, enough. It is so good. Uh, it is a saga, and <laughs> we couldn't possibly, in this format, in this, in this particular podcast, uh, do anything to even match it. Like, go watch that thing. It's, it's a movie. Yeah. Like, it's like a, honestly, it's the best it's like documentary a, of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's a, it's like a feature length film about like how pot, how how Fast Passes work and. 
uh, and or don't work. Uh, but yeah. that's not we're not here to talk about that part. We're just uh, we're talking about the evolution. So it was yeah. it was um, this nice little paper system. Uh, a failing of this paper system uh, included uh, the sheer waste. <laughs> it created a lot of paper waste. And you used to walk around Disneyland at like at the peak of this fast pass system. And there would just be card little fast pass cards everywhere all over the ground sometimes they were still in valid. corners sometimes yeah sometimes you can just pick one up and be like oh hey i can use this <laughs> <laughs> um and and it was it, it was very wasteful it was very unsustainable um and it, and if you lost it or something that was that it was just gone yeah um so at some point i don't remember what year exactly um but not too long ago uh disneyland switched to a app-based FastPass system. Uh, the Disneyland app you would download onto your smartphone, and from there you could enter yourself into FastPass lane, like FastPasses. FastPass queues. FastPass queues, very good. You can enter yourself into a FastPass queue uh, just using your phone. Uh, however, this came, when they switched to the virtual queue, this came with an extra charge. Now uh, for the max pass the max system. Pass system for ten dollars per person per day, your uh, smartphone app was upgraded to a max pass, where you got full access to the fast pass system, and then also as a way to um, download uh, any pictures that were taken of you. So you had like a little QR code, and then the pictures that were taken on the rides and stuff would download into your app. For Alice, your viewing that, pleasure. Did that ever run side by side with the paper system? I I, I don't know. I don't okay. want I don't want to answer confidently. <laughs> um, but I don't believe so. I do hmm. believe it was a clean break. Uh, right. from my from my experience, it was a clean break. That's interesting. Uh so so the transition to the app also brought the monetization, right? Like and it also brought this idea that you could kind of upcharge your way into some special access because you could still get fast passes for free, uh, but Max Pass would allow you to hold more fast passes at more locations. Um, it would also allow you to book from anywhere, I believe, which was pretty special at the time. Uh, and so there were like benefits, but it didn't feel necessary because you, you still had access to the same fast pass return times that everybody else had. Right. Um, so it still so, did the same, like here's one, uh, an hour window to come back to. Um, and everybody had the same, it was all the same for everybody right. who was on the app. Now, 2020 brought with it a lot of turmoil, but one of the things that left permanently after 2020 was any sort of fast pass system at all at the Disneyland Resort. Um, it was not until the introduction of Genie Plus in 2021, uh, or not, yeah, Genie and Genie Plus, right? In 2021, that there was any kind of reservation system. So immediately after the Disneyland Resort reopened in the wake of the pandemic, there were no reservation systems at the parks at all. And Alice, I actually missed this era entirely. I, I did not get to see this incredibly kind of rare thing happen at the resort. No, neither did I. But uh, yeah, for a minute there, there was just standby lines. Everybody would just go and wait in line and... That was that. Yeah, just like just, the old days. <laughs> just wait in the lines that you walked into. Uh, that's 
so fascinating to me that that happened for a little while. And from what I heard, just through social media, uh, it was good. People liked it. Uh, maybe because the park capacity was really low at the time due to COVID restrictions. Um, but also maybe because of something we're going to be talking about a little bit later, which is like the pressure of having this reservation was gone. And now the park was just kind of open to you. You could just kind of go wherever. Yeah, it, it leveled the playing field too for for people. There was there was no more racing. It wasn't uh, you didn't get an advantage if you uh, got to the park before open or at open. Um, you there was no advantage to having a better phone with faster signal. <laughs> you know there was it was just everybody showed up and rode the rides. Yeah, and you know. Perhaps there is still a place for that kind of a system in the modern era. Uh, but no, we have technology and technology demands that we fix problems or at least <laughs> attempt to. So that brings us to present day and the Genie Plus system, uh, along with Lightning Lane, individual Lightning Lanes, and uh, just a whole slew of reservation systems that must be navigated in order to successfully enjoy a trip to the Disneyland Resort. And Alice, if you, if you will indulge me for a moment, I'd like to uh, tell a little story of my most recent trip, which was a trip many months in the making. Uh, so will you indulge me? I, I will, I will. Go ahead. Okay. I'm listening. <clears throat> my tale begins many <laughs> moons ago in November of 2021... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I, I booked these tickets out uh, quite a few months in advance uh, with the expectation that uh, tickets are limited these days, right? Uh, I hear all the time about uh, Magic Key holders and the limitations on their annual passes, when they can and cannot book uh, park tickets. It, it seems to be a lot. So in anticipation of that, I thought to myself, let's book this as far out as we can. So I booked it out as far out as I could. With that in mind, 60 days out from our trip, we already had our park tickets, but we didn't have any dining reservations or any reservations for additional special events and magic. Things like Savi's Workshop at Galaxy's Edge or uh, Oga's Cantina. In order to successfully secure those reservations, we had to be up on... Uh, we had to be up at midnight on the day of 60 days before the trip in order to even have a chance and despite the fact that we were up at 12.01 a.m. in the morning on that day we still had limitations on what we could select on the website this is something that I had never experienced with the Disneyland Resort it was frankly uh, exhausting um, now I know some of you who are Florida-based or East Coast-based are rolling your eyes right now because Disney World has had a system similar to this for many years. Uh, but this is kind of new for the Disneyland Resort. Uh, especially, Alice, you and me, uh, and our story with the resort being kind of treating it like a local's park, right? Just kind of showing up whenever and hanging out. Yeah, uh, rolling up after school and spending like four hours there. <laughs> or <laughs> like heck, even when we were... Uh, 
you know, cast members just rolling up after a shift. Uh, mm -hmm. It never really seemed like it was a big deal. Uh, but this was a whole new kind of planning. Well before we were ready to go to the parks, we knew when we could be expected at Oga's Cantina, when we were going to go over to Savi's and build a lightsaber. Oh, sorry. We were going to handle some scrap for Savi. Um, <laughs> we weren't actually building a lightsaber. The First Order doesn't uh -huh. know anything about this place. No, no uh, of course. And we knew several other dining reservations that we had managed to scrounge together. But there were a couple of things we weren't able to get. Uh, uh, we weren't able to get a reservation at Trader Sam's, for example. And I love that Enchanted Tiki Bar. Um, we weren't able to get reservations at a few restaurants that we were hoping to eat at. But, you know, we may do with what we were able to get. The thought that kept crossing my mind over and over again was, first, while we were trying to get the reservations... What if we can't get Oga's and we never get to have a drink at the Star Wars bar? This is one of those things that I was really looking forward to, of course. And for those of you who have been to Oga's, you know how special it is. And for those of you who haven't been to Oga's, I bet you're thinking, yeah, if I went, I would want to go to Oga's. It sounds awesome. Having been there, yes, it is awesome. <laughs> but if you don't get Oga's on your big trip that you've been planning for months, well, that's kind of a problem, right? It certainly feels like it's a problem. And so there was this pressure for every day that we were going to be there to wake up or be up past midnight to try to scrounge together some plans and hope that our browser was the first one to load in and give us times that would work. And the thought that I kept having after we had our plans was, man, is this going to be any fun? <laughs> like, are we going to have any fun? Or are we just going to be, like, looking at this schedule and thinking to ourselves, like, oh, an hour until we have to be at Oga's, better start walking over. Is there going to be any sense of flow? Is there going to be any sense of freedom? What if we miss a reservation? What then? Is that just a missed experience? Do we never get to do that? It was... Scary isn't the right word, but it was stressful, right? This was something that we had chosen to do for a vacation after a long time of not having a lot of trips, and I wanted it to go right. Uh, and so this reservation system added a lot of undue, or maybe completely due, maybe it is due, maybe this is necessary these days, but a lot of unprecedented stresses for me on this trip. Alice, uh, what, what are your feelings on this? Have you ever had an experience with, uh, this reservation system, especially so far out? So for me, <laughs> so... The two times that I have been, the we did one day at California Adventure, one day at Disneyland, both of those um, fully six or seven months apart from each other. Uh, I, I, I have only been able to do like one day at a time. Um, before we went, I had no idea that there was a res like 60 days before. I booked my trip to California Adventure a week before. I booked my trip to Disneyland like four days before I went. <laughs> so I go, I log in, you know, to the app and I go, oh, cool. Let's figure out some place to eat. Uh, let me make some reservations because we'll be there in four days. And there are no slots available for anything. I click every single time you can go and, you know, select like breakfast, brunch, lunch, dinner or whatever, or go by hour, hour by hour by hour of the day and say, what's open? What's open? What's open? Nothing was open. There are no single reservations available for just two people for any time of day, even like 8 a.m. 
on 8 a.m. in the morning at a bar (laughs) (laughs) or or 11 p.m. at a restaurant like nothing. No, like there was no no room for us anywhere uh, because we had planned our trip so last minute. And that was that was very stressful. Suddenly realizing that there was a whole world of app based like competition for for times, for reservations, for fast passes, even, you know, that that the fast passes at Disney World in Florida, you can book fast passes 90 days in advance. Yeah, yeah, that is something that I am aware of. Which I didn't. <laughs> boggles the mind as a West Coast person. I didn't know, and I didn't plan my trip 90 days in advance. When I went to the Animal Kingdom fairly recently, I decided the night before that I was going to wake up early and, jo- and you know, jog on over to Animal Kingdom um, the night before. And I went, oh, I wonder if I can get a fast pass for um for flight of passage or something no no of course not <laughs> oh my sweet summer child <laughs> oh no of course not because it had to be done 90 days in advance and that's yeah. just not how i do things i i don't have that um that planning structure in my life i my <laughs> i'm very very spontaneous have to be i have a very weirdly flexible job and and so that i i didn't know that that that's how it was going to go. So we ended up waiting in the standby line to get into Oga's and thank goodness they did let us in. Um, There was a cancellation or something and we were able to sneak in and have a drink. And that was good. That was really good. We were, we were very, very happy about that. It was a huge relief that that was able to happen. But again, you're exactly right. What if, what if we couldn't, I would have been really upset. I've been really sad. Uh, That's, uh, an experience that I love and I, you know, really want, really wanted to drink. And if I hadn't, you know, if they hadn't had that standby line or if the standby line had been too long or uh, all the reservation, you know, I, it, the fact that, that it was my, the fact, I know it was my problem, I guess, my, my fault for planning such a last minute trip, but it didn't have to be that way. It didn't like it. It could have been easier. Um, I agree. But it I wasn't. Agree. <laughs> it, and, and when I think about this and I think about like the planning that goes into a successful trip to the parks. And I think about the, the planning that worked out for us on this most recent trip and the planning that didn't work out. Um, it's interesting because we made that Oga's reservation. We got that reservation 60 days out. We planned for it. And then our day didn't really accommodate it. There was a change of plans. And we asked ourselves, well, what if we just tried to get into Oga's right now? It ended up being a 15-minute standby line. That's not too bad. No, nothing. That's not bad at all. I've waited that long for non-themed bars. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, I've just waited that long for a beer on a Friday night sometimes. Like, 15 minutes and they let us in. It was brilliant. But... On the other hand, what about those 60 days of pain and suffering and stress? (laughs) No actual pain or suffering. You know what I mean, though, right? Those 60 days during which we were like, okay, Ogas, this day, this time, got to be there. And how lucky we felt to even have that reservation. And then to find out that it maybe wasn't as necessary as we thought it was. And I get that there's like a there's a logistics thing happening here. In fact, on my last trip, I was thinking about logistics a lot. Not just reservations and stuff, but like 
how often we were being like directed in certain directions and stuff like that. I thought it was cool, actually, and I'd love to expand more on that in a an upcoming episode, like like boarding procedures. I just thought that was really interesting this time. I really like zeroed in on that. Um, <laughs> but you know, like there is a logistics thing going on where they want to have some predictability on the operation side. Like I, I kind of get that, and I I do appreciate it, especially in our current era with so much unpredictability, right? Uh, but on the other hand, wow, was that just like three long nights of just hoping and pressing every single hourly time slot and just hoping that something that you actually wanted would show up. That was a lot. Uh, and some of those reservations really did pan out and we had great times with them. But man, is this what we want out of our theme park experience? Is this the paper on which we want to write this story? Is this the table of contents we want to build? Um, and in some ways, very no, actually. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of bad. Yeah, this is kind of bad. If you'll indulge me for a moment, I have a story to tell. And it's uh, much, much shorter and not about me. <laughs> um, so in uh, last July, June... Last summer, um, we I went to California Adventure for one day, specifically to go uh, experience the new Avengers campus. Um, I'd been to California Adventure a hundred million times in the past. It did not matter to me how long I needed to wait in line for anything, um, or you know, or experiencing the rest of the park. I was specifically there to experience the new stuff. My, Avengers campus, by the way, is is pretty cool. I, I know cool. that Galaxy's Edge get, gets a lot of credit, but like Avengers Campus kind of rocks for the amount yeah. of space that it's in and what it has right now. It's it's doing some stuff with yeah. themed entertainment and timed entertainment and untimed and that, entertainment. And, and Spider-Man animatronic. And Spider-Man animatronic, man. It's, and of it's course, Web Slingers is a lot of fun. And it is a lot of fun. So this is the story is about Web Slingers specifically. Okay, okay. So... Uh, so they were doing the thing where at the time it was like a, at 7 a.m. exactly refresh your page and try to get a spot in the virtual queue. Right. Um, it was 7 a.m. I had my phone in my hand and I refreshed the page and I hit the button and they were like, sorry, all the time slots are full. Try again at noon. Wow. And I uh, I cried. <laughs> uh, I was like, this can't be happening. Like I was I was here. I was refreshing the page. I was on I, I was, uh, you know, in the area I was. I was uh, inside the Grand Californian Hotel at the time, and I did it exactly right. I ref I followed everybody's advice online. I actually looked it up. I was like, what's the best time? When do I refresh the page? Like at 7 or at uh, 6.59 and 59 seconds to refresh the page <laughs> and then hit the button. I, I did all this research, and I didn't get a time slot. I was devastated. Yeah. Um, And... At noon, I'm sitting at, uh, or at 11.59.59, I'm sitting at a table on uh, Pixar Pier and every, and everybody around me, have we have our smartphones out. We're sitting there, refresh the page, hit the button, and I get a time, and I get a time slot. I get a boarding group for, nice. for Spider-Man. And so did a bunch of people around me. We all cheered. It was all very, it was all very adorable. You could kind of hear at 11.59, the whole park got quieter. <laughs> <laughs> and then at noon, a bunch of cheers went up. Yay! <laughs> a hush fell over the crowd, you would say? <laughs> I would say. Um, and so, great. Oh, great. Actually, as a matter of fact, our boarding group's coming up really soon. Let, well, let's make our way over there. So we uh, crossed over to the other side of the park to go get in line for Spider-Man. And there was a, a mom 
and her son, who's probably about seven or eight years old, uh, standing and talking to the cast member uh, who is letting people in. So we, you know, there's short lines, like 10 people we get in the line to show our little barcodes that says we're allowed in. And we overhear the conversation and the mom is like, well, we came from, mom said, we came from out of the country. We don't live here in the United States. And so I don't have a smartphone that works here in the U.S. So how was I to get a boarding group ticket? How was I supposed to know that this is something I needed to do? I don't have a smartphone. And the little boy looked so upset. And the mom was like, so you're telling me, to the cast member, so you're going to tell me that because I don't have a smartphone, I don't get to take my son on this ride. And he was like, I'm sorry, ma'am, but yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Wow. Um, there was just, there, there was no, I, I, and maybe they found another solution later. Uh, maybe there was a, a backup plan for people that don't have smartphones that I've never heard of before. But then, you know, then all of a sudden I was in line for the ride and we walked away and I didn't hear the end of that conversation. I don't know if that little boy ever got to go on Spider-Man. This the this family didn't have a smartphone. They're, 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 surprisingly, not not surprisingly, um, there are people out there that just don't have smartphones. That's that that shouldn't come as a shock to everybody, and it shouldn't be expected of everybody. Not like sometimes people just have regular cell phones, or they're from out of the country. They come all this way to visit, and no, they don't have a smartphone. Maybe they just bought a little phone with a couple of minutes to for emergencies, and they just don't have an iPhone or a Galaxy or you know any of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I see where your, your loyalties lie in the smartphone world. Uh, yeah, fine. <laughs> one of the other ones, okay. One of, one of the other ones. <laughs> um, but uh, the you know, fact still stands. I felt horrible. I I felt horrible that this little boy wasn't going to get to ride. I was, I'm sitting there. I'm a 30-year-old woman. <laughs> and I know, I've, I'm, you know, Spider-Man fan from way back. I'm hyped to go on this ride, brand new. And suddenly I'm in line and we're like, you know, suddenly 80 people deep in line. And I there's a kid standing there who's maybe not going to go get to hang out with his best friend, Spider-Man. And yeah. that broke my that broke my heart. I don't I hope that it ended up OK. With what are we to do? Yeah. With virtual cues and stuff like that uh, and, and boarding times and boarding groups and even lightning lane passes, having them on your phone means you can't just like give up and be like all right you know what this kid gets a fast pass today you can't just hand it over you can't just pick one up off the ground and be like hey this is still valid right yeah. like that that tactility is gone uh and so instead all you've got is your extremely personal device that belongs to you and has all of your personal information and oh, stuff and on it, it better and the battery better last all day <laughs> right like and like anything could go wrong at any moment uh, and there's very little flexibility in these systems as well. And these are the these are the larger operational systems that are kind of defining people's days at these parks. Now, currently at Disneyland at the Disneyland Resort, that's both DCA and Disneyland. There isn't a, a ride that operates on boarding groups. Uh, that was its own can of worms for sure, as you as you've just said. <laughs> yeah. But like now in its place, we've got this lightning lane thing. And so so to to come clean about it, 
we were there for three days and we bought lightning lane genie plus all three days uh that was twenty dollars a person for two people for three days Yikes. which comes out to you know an additional park ticket which when you say it like that is like wait you paid admission all over again you were already in the park right <laughs> like that's true I would say that Genie Plus and the Lightning Lane system did feel valuable while using it. I will say that. Mm -hmm. I will say that I felt that I saved a lot of time. And I will say that I, without it, would have spent a lot more time in lines that I would not have actually gotten into. Because I would have said... An hour and a half for Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin? Never. We we we, we simply will not. <laughs> you we wait, won't write you, it. You, Buddy Duquesne, wouldn't wait for an cartoon hour and a half spin? for cartoon spin. I love cartoon spin. I know you love cartoon spin. I, I'm perhaps cartoon spin's greatest fan. <laughs> I I know. <laughs> Ninety minutes, Alice. Look, I'm on a schedule here. <laughs> I <laughs> got to get to Ogus. <laughs> I'm just surprised is all. I wouldn't have See? done it. Wow. Uh, and because of that, I rode far more rides than I would have. And because we were there across multiple days, we got to ride some of these big ticket items multiple times. And that was cool. You know, seeing that the wait has jumped up to an hour for Smuggler's Run and being like, oh, yeah, but I already got my lightning lane is a neat feeling. Uh, and there are there are ways in which Lightning Lane feels like an improvement over FastPass because you're just kind of booking whatever's available. The times feel kind of more immediate sometimes. Um, and there are also ways in which it feels like a huge step backwards. And we're talking about feelings here, right? Like, if theme parks are literature, then what matters is both their text and their themes and the ways in which they tell their stories, right? And how their stories are told and in what ways and what mediums. And I'm talking about feelings here, like how, how it all affected me. Genie Plus and Lightning Lane made this trip feel, and I hate to use the word again, because it was used to describe how planning the trip felt, but it made this trip feel exhausting because it incentivized constantly looking ahead never his mind on where he was always looking to the future right oh we're in line we just used our lightning lane time to book another one i never looked around in queues i was always looking at lightning lane i was always trying to figure out when my next lightning lane availability slot was coming up because that was actually a surprisingly fluid time it wasn't always right when the last slot had started Lightning Lanes would also change times when you were booking them, which was extremely frustrating and or very <laughs> cool. Because sometimes you'd be like, oh, it's not it's not available until seven. Well, let's just book it anyways. Hey, it's available now. <laughs> it was wild. Like it was all over the place. This app feels positively arcane to me. And I've been using the Disneyland app for almost as long as the Disneyland app has existed. And I'm sitting here going, I do not know how to navigate this. <laughs> but I know that I can have tip yip in my hand in half an hour. Is that good for anybody? <laughs> Does anybody want tip yip? <laughs> I did have the tip yip. It needs it needs the gravy. 
and they forgot to put gravy on my tip yet. Mm. And I was like, this cries out for gravy. And Kate, you know, Kate, yes. she was like, she was like, it comes with gravy. And I'm like, there's no gravy on this. It, and it's so dry. It cries for gravy. It wants gravy. So I went I went back to the mobile order counter and I was like, can I get some gravy? And they were like, happens all the time. And they gave me some gravy. It was a lot better once I had some gravy on oh, it. Oh, good. I haven't had the tip yet. It I'm cries like for gravy. so, so focused on the Ronto wrap. Look, the Ronto, like... wrap is, the Ronto wrap is good for any meal. So is the the no Ronto wrap or the non-Ronto. ronto list wrap. <laughs> it's also quite good. But the milk's highly overrated. Uh, the green milk is better than the blue milk. Yeah, but I wouldn't get it again. This isn't a trip review podcast, but what I'm saying is like <laughs> constantly I'm like, can I mobile order? Can I can I book another ticket? Can I get us into our next most important ride? What's available? What is filling up? What do we need to prioritize? Just strategizing, strategizing, strategizing. And God forbid you have a large group or a large family that you're trying to do this for, too. Gosh, right like imagine having like four kids and you're a family of six trying to do this. Twenty Where can I get a reservation t- you know two months in advance for six people to sit down and eat? Like right. it doesn't it doesn't happen. Twenty dollars per person per day to mm-hmm. access a system that was previously while different, a similar system was previously free, right? Right. Feels like such a hefty price to ask. And as we'll as we'll discuss in a moment, it's not from a industry standpoint. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> but at the same time, because we had made that investment, we had made the choice to invest in Lightning Lane and to use it. There was this sunk cost fallacy is maybe not the right word, but this feeling of obligation, right? Well, there was 20 bucks for each of us involved in this. We got to use this up as much as we can. Hey, there's a lightning lane for this. Do you even like this ride? Too bad. We're booking it because (laughs) it's a benefit included in Genie Plus and we are using it because we spent money on this. Right. Like that was do you even really feel like riding Star Tours again? Too bad. It's available. Boop. Right. Like, (laughs) oh, I don't even want to ride Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. Like it's not a good use of my time. That ride. By the way, Alice sidebar it, it's not it, aging well <laughs> it's time that right has to go there's no, a new listen. movie coming out just shut it down remodel please please I know. no listen <laughs> i know but this is this is a subject for our future uh tomorrowland miniseries you're right you're right that's coming the tomorrowland miniseries um you know it's not a good use of time i'm not even interested in what it's available well i could walk right over and not wait Boop, we're in like <laughs> and so in that way, there was there was some like moving and shaking that we were kind of doing that was like, oh yeah, like not waiting, not waiting more than twenty minutes for this. And to be fair, we never waited for a long time for any ride other than Rise of the Resistance, which is the individual lightning lane, which would have been an additional twenty dollars per person to skip one line, which is a wild proposition. Mm-hmm. So we waited. We didn't wait more than an hour for any other attraction with the use of genie plus i don't think we even got close to an hour at all like 40 minutes maybe and frankly that's impressive genie plus and lightning lane did enable us to experience a lot that said is my experience improved by its existence and its use 
I find that to be debatable. The same for any reservation system. Uh, for any reservation at all, except for entry into the park. I'm not sure I had a better time. I do know I had a good time. I'm not I'm not here to sit and and bash on Lightning Lane and Genie Plus because they're new and different and confusing and make me feel rushed. I do know I had a good time. I had a good time at the parks. But uh I don't know, Alice. Is this is this what we want? How how are other people doing this? <laughs> How are the other big players in the industry handling this problem? Let's talk about it, because I have some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's been a minute since I've been to a non-Disney theme park. Um, but for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Um, but every major theme park seems to have some kind of fast pass system. Um, the Universal Studios has the Universal Express, which was previously the, like, a line or like star like so star, it had star some, line it had some kind VIP of vip something express or actor something. yeah <laughs> it had some something some movie themed thing but now it's called universal express uh six flags has the flash pass um because it is a dc uh dc universe theme park um and um knott's berry farm has the fast lane so uh they all have some kind of some kind of pass to get through. And they are all of them, every single one of them, so expensive. Absolutely incredibly expensive. The cheapest one is belongs to Knott's Berry Farm. That's that seems normal. Um <laughs> Knott's Berry Farm has the cheapest one. It is $89. $89. Park admission to Knott's Berry Farm is on $69. The day, <laughs> the day following this recording is $69. Yeah, it is it is rated different uh depending on uh, time like middle middle of April, middle of spring break, it's like $85 or something to get in. Um uh <laughs> but the fact still fact still stands. It is more expensive at Knott's Berry Farm to get a fast lane pass uh than it is to get into the park. And so you're basically paying for two park admissions for if you want to go through the fast lane. It is fully 50% of the cost of an annual pass to get fast lane at Knott's Berry Farm. Fast lane once. Fast (laughs) lane one time. Um, And it's only available on some attractions, mm -hmm. which is wild. That's an absolutely wild proposition. Um, I imagine it's for like the the really good one. I imagine like Silver I mean, Bullet's yeah, it's, gotta it's have on, it. Ghost, Ghost Rider's Rider. gotta have it. Yeah, it's on accelerator. Um, yeah, I mean like I get no... it. <laughs> Hang um, time if you're into mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um the Flash Pass <laughs> and Universal Express also uh, similarly priced. Uh for but the it, the Flash Pass honestly was the one that like blew my mind the most. There are three different levels for the Flash Pass. Um the for something something like sixty dollars, uh, the for the flash pass, it's just a virtual queue system. You still have to wait the amount of time. So like, if the ride says it's ninety minutes, and you book, you say I want to be in the in the flash pass line for this one. Um, you have to wait ninety minutes before you can go on that ride. Fine, an it's, insane, it's an insane proposition. Y- at you're that basically price. putting yourself in a virtual queue, and you can go off and do something else for ninety right. minutes. Um, but for like well over a hundred dollars, 
Um, the like platinum version of that is like basically a front of the line. You just walk to the to the front of the line and get on um, for so much more than a cost of a single day ticket. But you get to go to the front of the line, I guess. Um, there's like the one in the middle of the gold is like it's like half the time or something. It's like or up to half the time. So if it says that your wait time is an hour, um, it will tell you to come back in 30 minutes or something like that. Um it's it still seems to be an effective way to cut down wait times, I guess. <laughs> um, but for they those are who pay, for sure. Insanely expensive. So I guess so. So I'm trying to think of like the benefit of this uh, would be that uh, if you only have a handful of people with flash passes, um, your front of the line line, the 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 flat the flash pass lane is very 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 short. Only That's a handful true. of people can afford it. Therefore, if you have it, you are zooming to the front of the line. There is no wait for you or just That's like true. a couple of people, other people that could afford it. Um, so I guess by making them more expensive, you make them more exclusive and therefore they work better. That's what I like. I think. <laughs> yeah, theoretically. I mean, that makes sense to me. If If I were paying $120 just as an example, since that's about park admission at Disneyland, the Disneyland Resort, some days these days, not mm-hmm. every day. If I were paying about $120 for Genie Plus. Uh, it better work. <laughs> yeah, I would expect more out of it on one hand. And on the other hand, I simply would not pay $120 for Genie Plus. No. That prices me out of the experience. Right. I I am not an extravagantly wealthy human. Uh, and that would make even... It, w- it would be the choice between having Genie Plus and having another day at the park. And you would take is, another day at the park. I of Well, if you? Genie uh-huh. Plus were as crucial as it felt on this particular outing, the last time I've been, maybe I would take one fewer day at oh. the park. And that's an upsetting admission. But, like, it helped a lot. <laughs> and I, I might have actually doubled the amount of attractions I got on because of it. And therefore, you wouldn't necessarily need another day at the park because you wow. doubled the attraction. Like, I don't well, know. Well, does anybody know. actually need a day at a theme park? I mean, like, come I on. Guess... Now, now we're splitting no, hairs. No, no, I, Yes, no, I, I understand. Uh, so the one that we do have experience with, you've, you've been to Universal Studios with me before when we yes. have splurged and gotten the old version of the Universal Pass, which I still can't remember the name of. It was something. It was something cool. You had, like, a <laughs> VIP like lanyard that you wore around your neck and it had a little barcode on it and they would scan it and let you in. Um, And I feel like we, like the the couple of times that I've had it, we used it to pretty good effect because sometimes those lines at Universal Studios can be really long because there's only like five good rides at Universal Studios (laughs) Hollywood. (laughs) True story, true story. Once again, we're talking about California here. Sorry, everybody in Orlando is probably rolling their eyes at us. There's a lot of great rides (laughs) at at Universal Orlando and Islands of Adventure that we simply do not have here. Uh, And and on the other hand, look, no no guff, no shame. Universal Hollywood is a really great theme park. I have a great time at it when I go. Yeah, Uh, it's just like really small. Its ride count is just doesn't compare to the Disneyland Resort. No. No, it does not. And it doesn't compare even, I mean, gosh, I feel like all, it's the one California theme park that's the sm- the smallest, I think. Or, like, the least amount of rides per space. Um, Genuinely, like, a Compared even to, like, like, rides, yeah. like, Knott's Berry Farm is is got more, a like, e-ticket rides in mm. it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Universal Studio before even they got uh, Harry Potter World, we had what the Mummy, Jurassic Park, the Simpsons ride, uh, formerly known as Back to the Future ride. Um, the studio tour, and that's pretty the much studio it. tour, of course. <laughs> oh, and Waterworld, and which is e-ticket, and then all our shows, day. and then our favorite shows, Terminator right. and uh, Waterworld. Right. And so the with the with the pass, you base it's uh, very it's expensive, um, and it, you have your own separate line, and it drops you off near the front of the line, and then they kind of like zipper you in to the they they pull you in and with um, people who just waited in the regular line. Yeah, I feel like um, often you'll end up at boarding, like you're yeah. like at vehicle boarding, at vehicle uh, boarding with like uh, like a handful of other people, right? Who bef- who also shelled out almost an entire park's admission worth of money, right? And so you would wait. I don't know. We would wait like five minutes for Jurassic Park before let, being led on a boat, um, and then we could ride Jurassic Park nine times in a row, <laughs> which we which we did. <laughs> Actually, the time that we rode Jurassic Park, we did nine not times have. In a row, no, I know it, it was just empty at the park that day because it was, yeah, it was the mid aughts, and and we were at Universal Studios Hollywood nobody, on a yeah. weekday. Yeah, <laughs> nobody went. Nobody was there, so we right. just rode it nine times in a row. But when we have the the fast pass, we could go nine times in a row if we wanted to. If the wait yeah. time's only five minutes, yeah. Um, and that's because nobody was buying it. I wonder now that it, if it becomes such a necessity, these parks are so full of people; they cram everybody in there. I wonder if it's now the only way to do it, the only way to have to be able to ride every single ride sometimes more than once and to like experience the park without just staring at the person in front of you in line for hours upon end, you have to spend the money. And so the more people that spend that money, then the longer that line gets, the longer the special line gets too. As does, as does the standby line. As does the standby line. Now both lines are really long. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so what, what we have here is a problem of like capacity, as well as a problem of demand, as well as a problem of operational necessity. One anecdote of our last trip is that we did try to ride Rise of the Resistance one time after Rise of the Resistance had broken down for many hours. The line looked empty when we walked up. It looked like it had just reopened. But the problem was Rise of the Resistance is an individual lightning lane ride. Everybody pays $20 to join that individual lightning lane line and so despite the fact that we got into a nearly empty standby queue the returns on that individual lightning lane line had priority and we didn't move for 90 minutes because when somebody is paying to be in the line of a ride it does make sense that they would have priority and there is an expectation there among those guests that they have a not long wait, no matter how many of them there are. So this increases the operational stress. I foresee that if this is the future of theme park experiences and that you can simply buy your way to less of a wait, those who do not will experience situations like this if not all the time, because that seems a little doom and gloom, more often. And that was a problem as far back as Paper Fastpass. On things like Space Mountain, which breaks down constantly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you would sometimes be in standby, it would go down, it would come up, you'd be like, oh, we're already pretty close. 
but then the fast pass returns would happen. <sighs> and then everybody from the time slot in that which they missed. it broke down and the current time slot, now everybody goes in front of you. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, Alice, it feels like we're doing a lot of complaining, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it does feel like Genie Plus is the the value in skip the line passes at the moment. It's cheaper by a lot. By like an order of magnitude. <laughs> the next cheapest one is still three times more expensive per person. I mean... Now, now it's, its effects are probably less dramatic. It feels like the, the skip the line pass at, say, You're Not Sperry Farms is like skip straight to boarding. Nobody else is in the line. Genie Plus guarantees a lightning lane reservation but doesn't guarantee immediate boarding you kind of rejoin the line at certain points and of course there isn't a guarantee that you'll even get the lightning lane slot that you wanted which again adds to the stress and the ah are we getting the most for our money sort of feeling but okay it's not quite as powerful as these more expensive options but in on the other hand that does make it feel like more of a necessity is this where the future of FastPass systems is going, then? Hi, <laughs> I mean, how like how well are the Universal Six Flags and Knott's Berry Farm ones selling? Are they selling super well? Are they making the park a ton of money? Is it helpful to the people using them to the point that we're going to suddenly get a Genie Plus Plus? That is now $60 to use and you get front of the line tickets for every ride. Is that, are we getting that? Is that going to happen? Are we... I would pay $60 per person per day for front of the line for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but if everybody else does too, then how much faster really? When everybody is lightning lane, no, no one, one is. is lightning lane. <laughs> um, so, okay. Yeah. So. We've done a lot of like anecdoting, we've done a lot of analysis, we've we've talked about how the industry is using these things and what it means experientially, but like we haven't brought it to the those happy places level yet, right? Where right. we kind of lit analysis it into something that maybe makes a little bit more sense through a different lens. The thing that keeps coming up for me in these talks are questions of equity and access. Which, oh, now you're talking about like, oh, you can't equitably access a, a cool theme park thing you wanted to do, which is already a luxury item. But, yeah, okay, allow me, if you will, for a moment to kind of stretch the definition of equity. If not every guest can access things, the meaning of a park ticket changes. And therefore, perhaps the purpose of a park ticket could change i have seen calls in the wake of lightning lane and individual lightning lane to drastically reduce park tickets to the disneyland resorts price to something nominal like 20 dollars a day per person per park and then to charge for attractions almost exclusively oof yeah, when you, when when I say that, right? That hurts, right? Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I I disagree with that call as well. I feel like that is not how a modern theme park should run. Maybe it worked in 1955, but even that had its issues, right? On the other hand, 
I'm sure there's somebody somewhere that could make a good case for, well, that would reduce wait times. And if you had to pay $5 every time you rode Pirates of the Caribbean, maybe that would make you reconsider getting in line. Maybe you would only be willing to wait a certain amount of time. Maybe that would help with crowd control. That's an interesting question. But now we're chopping up the theme park experience into these little slices. And I do not trust the current way that things are going to do so in a way that like maintains the affordability of theme parks that maintains the magic of theme parks that maintains the joy of theme parks and that passes the benefit the potential benefit of such a system onto the guests not just equitably but like at all i don't really see that working um so if genie plus is kind of our landing spot and this is kind of where things end up being uh, maybe i'm okay Maybe that's all right. I, I, I feel like, you know, I did have a good time and, and I got a lot out of it and the price wasn't overwhelming. But there is a limit to where you could push this, right? Right. I just I, I, I just keep thinking about I just keep thinking about that kid at Spider-Man. The if if this is how we're going to go, if if everything is 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 virtual now and, and you're and your best way to have access to to the best day at the park that you can get is is paid and requires a special piece of equipment it's automatically inaccessible yeah to a a, a, a lot of people uh the it's the it's the smartphone thing that is it's it feels like a necessity that everybody should and could have now in the year 2022 but it's not it's not something that everybody has access to. And we shouldn't expect everybody to have access to it. Maybe if there was a way to rent one for the day who that only did Genie. Yeah, some kind of a, a Genie pad or something yeah. like that. Like or like a Genie scroll. You could theme it. It would be cool. But even then, <laughs> you, like give them a lamp. <laughs> but even then, it's like, okay, like maybe this is something you rent for the day, but then that's a cost. You're paying more because you have less. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. there doesn't I don't see an answer here that feels fair and equitable. The only answer I feel that see here that feels fair and equitable to every single person that could walk in is to just do away with special lines altogether. That's a compelling argument. And it's something that reminds me a little bit of the defunct land fast pass videos argument, which, again, if you haven't seen it, do check it out. Um, but like. There, There is an argument to be made that FastPass increases guest satisfaction, just like Genie Plus maybe kind of did for me, because I got to say, hey, Star Tours doesn't have a weight if I'm lightning laning it, right? Um, which is neat. That's a cool feeling. Um, on the other hand, there is plenty of argument to be made that it just increases wait times across the board. And that if everybody just got in line and waited for the things they wanted, that things would kind of sort themselves out naturally. Uh, people would wait in longer lines for things they really wanted to do and wait in less long lines for things they didn't really want to do. Alice, on the other hand, that doesn't feel ideal. Because there's still the problem of like, well, sorry, 400,000 people lined up for Rise of the Resistance today. 
we're gonna get to three and a half thousand, uh, three and a half hundred thousand of them <laughs> over the course of the day. Uh, you might make it on, you might not make it on, and if you showed up five minutes too late, well, the line is already filled up. So, good luck. That doesn't feel good either, right? Mm-mm. Nope. This is the future. It is 2022. Maybe there is something that can be done. And we us here with our arms in our armchairs can armchair (laughs) imagineer this thing into some kind of like the future of theme parks and skipping the line. Because I will tell you that skipping the line is nice and less time waiting in queues is cool. And I enjoy (laughs) those things. I have a couple of pitches uh, that I would I would like to throw at you, and I'm sure you have a couple of pitches as well. I, I could come up with some. <laughs> oh, what's your What's your first like a one highest priority? My um, well, highest priority for like, a new system. Yeah, if you were gonna redo uh, skip the line system at a theme park, a hypothetical theme park, let's call it uh, that happy place. <laughs> Uh, it's got some rides. Some of them are e-tickets. Some of them are not. Uh, but you want people to be able to skip lines when they want to. What do you do? I uh, My number one priority is to make it accessible to all people who attend. So either free or very cheap or like ticket-based, like the old paper system. Hmm. That's my number one priority. Okay. I agree. Uh, I feel like the paywall... Even though there are people out there for whom the bottom line would suffer, uh, the paywall's got to go. I agree. In any system. Um, My next most priority um, is that... No, actually, honestly, that's the only thing that matters. It matters to to me that people can can use it. And uh, if it's not usable by everybody, it's not fair. If it's not fair, it has no place in a um, in a theme park that is supposed to be like a utopia of the best things in life in one's place. And yeah. um, so my pitch is to go back to the paper system. <laughs> That's my pitch. Sorry. Sorry, the environment. I don't know. Make them biodegradable or something. <laughs> Sorry, them, the make environment. Them, make them extra recyclable. Do something. Do something. But my pitch is that everybody has a ticket or a magic um, or magic band or whatever, and you beep at it and then you get a time slot. Um, I don't know if that's the most efficient way to do it, um, but it's to me the most fair. And that would mean no reserving anything ahead of time. Yep. That means you show up, you, you get your thing. You get your thing if you can get your thing. And if you can't get your thing, I guess you don't get your thing. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, that that does at least feel like a cause and effect sort of thing, where you have a little bit more control over your day. And if you didn't get it, well, you just weren't lucky this time. You didn't make it in time, right? Oh, yeah. You just then you just wait in the standby line. Like, yeah. With everybody else. And, What's and your of course, pitch? <laughs> my pitch. Well, okay. Look, let's say we're gonna build that happy place, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the theme park of the future, and so we want to do as much as we can to eliminate any kind of unnecessary queuing. That means lines never get so long that they extend beyond the intended queue 
of the attraction. Okay. So if a line is going beyond the intended queue, uh, I would have automatic virtual queuing for every attraction. So okay. what that would mean is for as long as there is available space in a standby line, you're standby and you're just walking your way through the intended queue. I'll get to what I mean by intended queue in, in a minute here. It's like the gate of the haunted mansion and inside, right? Like Exactly. No <laughs> overflow queues here. Okay. So if there isn't space, a little arm comes down zoop, and a little kiosk opens up. Zoop, and a cast member is like, hello, and they hand you a thing. Come back now. Come back this time. Come back this time. Come back this time. Or perhaps it is app-based. Or perhaps there's a combination of app-based, that sort of thing, and tickets for those who do not have phones. Because honestly, the phone thing is kind of sticking in my craw now. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I hate that we have to have our phones open I constantly. hate that I have to worry about my battery. Yeah. And that you're bringing a battery back up to the park because you know you're going to be on your phone a lot, not because you're waiting in line, being bored and browsing Twitter, but because you're using the app and you're using location and you're using, oh man. Yeah, but yeah. also but also because I'm playing heads up in line with my friends. Well, of friends. course you are. That's, of course like, that's the law. <laughs> that, yeah, it's literally the only game you're allowed to play in a queue at a theme park. It's heads <laughs> up. Everybody plays heads up. It's the only game. Anyways, so... The line is full. Zoop, zoop, zoop. Hello. Come back now. Come back this time. Come back this time. Uh, and that's how we would manage crowds. Now, that feels like, like, oh, you're imagining kind of a, per a perfect situation, right? Like, people are just going to go, okay, I'll go do something else while I wait for this time to show up. But like, And they're not just going to sit there staring at the line. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't, isn't a virtual queue system designed to do exactly that? Isn't this what systems like FastPass were already doing? This just, you know, reprioritizes things. Because a FastPass return line must be mixed in with a standby line. This inflates standby weights, right? Because you're doing a certain mix of FastPass return and standby. And adjusting that mix and getting it just right so that everybody feels like they're getting what they deserve, either a faster return because you've already been in a virtual queue or a fair amount of progression through the standby queue, is just, it's impossible. The, the amount of tweaking that's been done to that, it just has never been good like you've never been able to tweak it just right so that the lightning lane returns for haunted mansion and the standby line are moving forward at an equitable pace where everybody feels as if the line is either getting skipped or the line is moving forward at a decent speed it's just not happening nobody has a brain big enough for that <laughs> uh and perhaps there's a, com a computer simulation big enough for that but doesn't it feel better like you got here in time to get into the line when the line is ready for you, you'll get into the line. <laughs> like, yeah. isn't that nice? That's not, nice, right? Yeah, not when the line is ready for you, you get into a different line that a makes the line longer. A different, more faster line. <laughs> it's when the line is ready for you, we will put more people in the line. Yeah. And sure, that could end up with, with blocking people out of certain exceptionally popular attractions, right? Because the, the virtual line would just fill up. But again, this is already happening. So I feel like this is something that works, that is simple, and that kind of appeals to human nature. Like, you're in the virtual queue, go do something else. Go wait for something that doesn't have a virtual queue. Go wait for something that doesn't have a line. Go shop or eat, right? Like. 
plenty to do, plenty to hang out around at this happy place. This line is moving forward. Your hypothetical self is waiting in it. When you're ready to get into the intended line, you will. And that's my other pitch, is that cues of the future need to be so much more intentional. So that if the cue is an hour long, that whole hour is valuable storytelling time. Yeah. And there are cues that exist today that are doing that. I'm thinking about the Indiana Jones adventure. Oh, that's uh, a great cue. I'm thinking about the Haunted Mansion. I'm thinking about Rise of the Resistance, actually. Like, it's a good cue. Oh, it's a good cue. Uh, I'm thinking Lots about... to look at. Yeah. I'm thinking about Smuggler's Run, you know? I'm thinking about the radio chatter that I heard in Smuggler's Run about the engine that wasn't working and how, how much fun that was just to listen to. And I think when you finally get past overflow cues and into these intentional cues that aren't just waiting spaces, but that are storytelling spaces, I mean, like, lines stop mattering, you know? When you get through the pre-show of any of these rides, you're in the highly-themed environment. Usually it's inside, air-conditioned. There's stuff going on to see and listen to. Yeah, this is a line that I'm having fun in. It's part of the thrill of being at a theme park, is a line that you enjoy. Skipping the line doesn't need to be the end goal. Making the line good and making the line fair and equitable can be. And that is my pitch, is that in the theme parks of the future, we don't wait in lines that stink. We don't wait in lines that don't have anything to say. We don't wait in constant switchbacks. We wait in cool places that are enjoyable. Air-conditioned with occasional benches. Yeah. Oh, the benches on the Rise of the Resistance queue are so a good. master stroke so of design. Good. So How did good. they know? How did they know that's what I wanted? Oh, yeah, no, because, because everybody's it's... been asking for it for literally decades. Because it's, <laughs> it, because it's an accessibility problem. It's an it... accessibility issue. You Oof. need benches. You need places to sit. You need something you can lean on. That's why everybody sits on the chains and puts undue stresses on the stanchions. And everybody's and... like... Don't sit on the chains. You're putting undue <laughs> stress on the stanchions. But it's like, I gotta lean somewhere. I'm on vacation. Come on. <laughs> I'm on vacation and my tennis shoes are only so good. I lean my feet hurt. when I'm on vacation. If you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Unless you're no. on vacation. Unless you're on vacation <laughs> where uh, the lines should have more benches at more regular intervals. Make lines good is, is like my main... <laughs> my main pitch here but also yep. equity in line access like yep. when you get there get handed a time and as for limits on that how many virtual queues you can be in at a time right now it feels a little silly to me that it's kind of one at a time uh especially with with genie plus and, and previously fast pass it feels a little silly that it's kind of one at a time i don't know yeah. i feel like we have the ability to multiply the places a person can virtually wait and I think I think there are operational ways to handle that, not the least of which is like increasing capacity on things um, and increasing capacity by building new rides and putting more rides in more places and building more kinds of rides. And not everything has to be an e-ticket, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And that's <laughs> it. And now I want to put out a call to anybody that's listening now. Um, I want to hear your pitches. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say. What do you what do you think about uh, about fast passes? What do you think about paying way more and extra for fast passes? Do you think that this is something that people should be budgeting into their trips before they make it? Before the, you know, is this something that you would do 
I, what do you, and what are your ideas for the fast passes of the future? We want to hear from you. Yeah, interaction on this topic, I think, would be so helpful because we only have so much perspective. Uh, obviously, theme parks lately have been quite the uh, difficult thing to go out to and feel safe at. Uh, so what parks have you been to in the past that have worked with their line skipping system? What parks have you been to where there was no line skipping system? How did they make that work? Um, you know, it's, it, it is a fascinating topic because it comes down to human behavior, human perception, and, you know, how willing you are to shell out your hard-earned dough to wait a little less. Um, and I think for a lot of us, that line is higher than we might want to admit. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, what are your limits on that? I'm interested in seeing what everybody has to say on the topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, but if they want to tell us what their opinions are about this and, and, and tell us what their ideas are for the future, uh, where would they, how would they get a hold of us? Well, you know, we're always on the internet. Oh, the internet. I've heard of that. Yeah, the internet is kind of like a giant queue that you get into every day <laughs> and you wait for something interesting to happen. And sometimes it never does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's too much. And sometimes it's too interesting. <laughs> All the time, everywhere. Uh, no, seriously, though, we are on the internet. Uh, we're mostly on Twitter all the time. Uh, if people listening want to follow us on Twitter, they can follow me at Buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. Yes, and I am on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Alice White THP for Those Happy Places. And Those Happy Places is the name of this podcast. You can follow that podcast on Twitter at Happy Places Pod. Yeah, and so tweet us your ideas. Uh, tag us in your theoretical, cool, like, interesting ideas about what to do about waiting lines. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what people have been working on. I want to know what your experiences are. Please, 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 please tell us. Yeah, I honestly cannot wait to hear from everybody because, again, this is a this is an idea. This is a concept. This is a problem that has no distinct solution at the moment. And, uh, you know, you might just be the one that has it. So when you put yeah. it out into the universe, you could affect great positive change, though probably <laughs> not by talking to us two humble podcast hosts. But, you know, maybe somebody will see it who who, who can make that change. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yes, follow us on Twitter if you want to join our Discord tweet at us we have conversations there all the time about so many different topics we've been on a star wars kick lately been talking about the book of boba fett how good was that yeah um, i heard it was a pretty good show i haven't had the chance to watch it yet are because you joking? of the chaos of my personal life you haven't been you uh, uh, you haven't been participating in our discord conversations that's true um but how good is that show well i don't want to get spoiled um that's uh, fair enough so join i heard discord. there were space vespas Yes, it's, yes, there were. Um, that's not a spoiler. That's just fun. Um, so, yes, tweet at us. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. We've got lots of cool stuff coming up. We've got two new miniseries coming up this year. Um, uh, we already mentioned at the top of this episode we are doing our uh, Theme Parks 101 series. Uh, we will be dropping a handful of episodes, kind of just going back to the basics, breaking down uh, everything that we love about 
uh, about theme parks, but like returning to what they are, the definitions of the the common words that we use all the time, um, common ideas in theme parks that maybe we take for granted uh, that everybody just knows and understands. So this will be like a, a return to um, the, the the ideas of theme parks and um, and how we talk about them. And that'll be coming this summer. Yeah, we're calling the class Theme Parks 100. So kind of picture us as your tour guides through this uh, this hypothetical community college course on theme parks. Uh, I think it'll be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. Uh, we're also, as as hinted at earlier, we're planning a Tomorrowland miniseries. Uh, and we've got another special miniseries coming up uh, based on one of our most favorite rides at Disneyland. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Uh, so I keep can't an eye out for, wait I'm so, for that. I'm so That's going to be so good. It's going to be so excited. So keep an eye out for uh, all of those coming <laughs> soon. We are. <laughs> keep a forbidden eye out. Keep for a forbidden those. eye out. Um, those will all be coming soon. And like I said before, uh, we will be releasing our episodes now in, in seasons with planned hiatuses. We will let you know in advance when those are uh, so that if we suddenly disappear from your feed, you understand why. This will be easier for us. It'll be more clear for you. Uh, it'll it'll just it'll be good all around. So these next few episodes, though, at least the next five episodes, we have planned to release weekly, um, and so expect the next one a week from today. Yeah, uh, Alice. You know what? I'm gonna add a little bit of music to this episode. Music? Uh, where would you have gotten such a thing? Well, I think all of our music is going to be written and composed and recorded and posted on the internet by Kevin McLeod. Uh, his website, Incompetech.com, is a great place you can go to find all of his music, which is licensed to us under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license, which simply requires that we say thank you to Kevin at the end of our episodes. So thank you, Kevin. Check the show notes for details on what tracks we use. Yes, thank you so much, Kevin. All of the music is beautiful. And speaking of beautiful music, uh, what is this? Mu- what is the song that's ramping up right now? Why, I think those are the beautiful notes of Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers featuring Phil Alvin. Oh my gosh, I love this song. You can find more music and information about the Feet Warmers on their website, CaliforniaFeetWarmers.com. Alice, I have missed this. This episode was a little negative for us, but (laughs) honestly, it was still a joy to record. Absolutely. I love talking theory with you. I love exploring new ideas with you. Yeah, even if we spent a little more time complaining than usual, (laughs) it still was, I think, a fairly productive conversation and hopefully informative for our listeners. It was definitely fun for me to finally return to this microphone and sit down and talk to you, my very best friend. You know, it's it's funny to feel, like, rejuvenated about theme parks, but then to have all of these, like, new criticisms of them. <laughs> <laughs> and and here we are, like, like, trying to preserve that joy. And, like, I feel the joy, but also, like, oh, no, here's all this new stuff to handle. I'm glad that I'm here with you working through it. Again, you are my very best friend, too. So. Aww. Well, Thank you for doing back. this episode. Thank you for doing this episode. Uh, and to everyone out there, thank you for listening, and we hope you return to those happy places. <laughs> <laughs>